Another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and we are continuing this with kind of a, a cruise around the NFC North. We're going to take a look at the NFC North as a whole, but I'm going to talk to individual people from the Lions, Vikings, and Packers um, just to get a bit from an outside perspective. I've done about 30-plus podcasts this offseason so far on free agency, on the draft, on the schedule, all of these things. So now we're just going to take a look at the big chunk of our schedule, which obviously six of our games come from these three teams. Uh, and they were the Bears were swept last season. Uh, the last time that happened was Trubisky's rookie season in 2017. It's never fun seeing that, but today we are joined by Pete Dow He's the Packers columnist for Green Bay Press Gazette and USA Today Network, Wisconsin. So, Pete, I wanted to say thanks so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, the Bears-Packers rivalry has been pretty uneven uh, the past pretty much my entire life. So, we, uh, the Bears fans are obviously hoping for a shift, but the Packers kind of had, had our number for a long time now, and I'm sure they expect that they can probably carry that on um, just because that's the way it's been now for 30 years or so straight. Um, but I want to say thanks for joining me. Also, I love your Twitter picture because I love dogs, and your dog is adorable. So uh, thanks for sharing that, that on is a, That's Albert. He's oh, a year and a half old now. Oh, my gosh, so cute. That's the first thing I saw. I was like, okay, he is adorable. Um, but, Pete, let's start with the biggest thing, obviously. It's probably the biggest thing to happen in the NFC North in quite a while with Aaron Rodgers heading to the Jets. Um, I'm friends with a whole lot of Packers fans, and obviously I've seen all sorts of reactions from this, some saying it was time to go and it was just too much drama, others a little worried. What's the feel as a whole over there, the vibe with Rodgers gone um, out of Green Bay? Yeah, there's a there's a real fresh feeling, uh, you know, around the team. You know, I think there's a little, you know, there's a bounce in the step and, um, you know, real big curiosity with the team and just all, uh, the vibe is completely different. Um, now that can change fast if things go really poorly. And, you know, you, the Packers have dominated the Bears the last 30 years. And while there are, you know, multiple, you know, factors, there's really one that, you know, matters most and by a lot. And that's Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and the, the Bears just haven't found their quarterback. So uh, that's over now. You know, it's unless Jordan Love turns into a, you know, a third straight Hall of Famer and the odds on that are pretty astronomical against it. But um, so things you know, that that makes the whole dynamic really interesting. The Packers are right now in the same boat that you know numerous teams are in and have been in. Where they're trying somebody and they have somebody they like and mm -hmm. they feel good about, but two years from now they might be searching for a new quarterback. Who knows? Yeah, and it is as I mentioned, I will be 33 this year, so almost the entirety of my life has been Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. So for me, and we kind of joke about it on other Bears podcasts of just being, you know, having a little bit of PTSD from all of this and being scared. What if Jordan Love happens to be that next guy? Because we thought, what were the chances of having somebody else after Brett Favre, um, and then Aaron Rodgers comes along? So we have a little bit of trauma related to that. But obviously, it's Jordan Love time in Green Bay. So he's entering his fourth season. One start under his belt, but he has 10 total games, 83 pass attempts during that time. So a very small sample, Pete, but it seems like a good portion or at least some of what I've seen on Twitter and some of the media and Green Bay do think he has a chance to be good. They're just not quite sure where on the spectrum of good he can be. So what are the feelings around love right now, especially with OTAs and mini camps and all of this starting? And what do you think a realistic season would look 
like uh, for Jordan Love and the Packers organization to kind of decide they would move forward with him after this season. Yeah, I see, you know he's he's improved a lot in the three sitting three years. This was a guy who needed it, especially with that first year being COVID and the truncated training camp and no preseason games and all that. Uh, he needed you know the the time to to mature and develop, and he needed the work. He's got uh, really he's got you know close to prototypical size, you know six three two twenty, maybe I think he's a little taller than that six three and a half. Uh, he's got really good arm talent. You know he can throw from all the different angles. Uh, you know, pretty good zip on the ball. Uh, pretty mobile guy. His 40 time is almost identical to what Rodgers was, and Rodgers was a really mobile quarterback. You know, the thing you don't know until they play a lot is how fast can they play? Like Tom Brady, you know, his feet are legendarily slow, mm-hmm. but he played the game really, really fast. You know, he could make reads, and the ball is coming out in a nanosecond, and that's what playing quarterback's all about. And so we don't know if Love has that. In his first start two seasons ago, was one start against Kansas City. Uh, he had a rough day. They blitzed, they blitzed him to death. Uh, Matt LaFleur's game plan didn't do Love any favors, and he really struggled that game. He did get him down to get some points near the end to keep him in the game, but it was a rough day for him. Mm-hmm. And then he played the second half of the last game because they had the best record in the NFC sewed up that same season. And he couldn't bring him back in the last two minutes. He got last three minutes. He got the ball back twice. And uh, I think he threw two interceptions. Um, so there were real questions. And then last year, you know, he played in the fourth quarter of a close game against Philly. And he looked really looked like a different guy, just way more poised and comfortable. Um, but, the, you know, Philly was up. So they were playing kind of a prevent defense, at least in his first drive. And, you know, so you just, it's such a small sample. You mm-hmm. don't know, but there is, there is real quarterback talent there, but the end comes down to how does he handle the blitz, the pressures, how is he when teams are coming after him, and then once teams kind of start figuring out things he does well, can he play around that and still win games, you know, when teams are game planning and they know his game. Yeah, and I think we've seen that. We see it every year where a quarterback kind of comes out and, you know, whether someone gets injured or benched or whatever the situation may be and they have a good couple two three first games and then there's film on them and you really start to be able to kind of figure them out so that will be I think one of the interesting things with love when obviously Pete uh, Aaron Rodgers has broke our hearts a million times in Chicago and so obviously Bears fans are extra critical of him anything they can find to pick at Aaron Rodgers they've been they've tried they've used that um in the last however many years 15 18 years now so I think one of the rumors for a while was kind of Aaron Rodgers didn't want to help another quarterback. And you mentioned how beneficial it was for Love to sit behind Rodgers during that time and, you know, kind of learn the game. But was Rodgers actually, was he helping him at all through this? Also, was Love getting actual advice and learning things from Rodgers or was he just sitting behind kind of watching? I think the the feeling I get just watching outside looking in, not sitting in on the meetings and, you know, just what each of them has said. I think he did help him, I, and one of the reasons why, from what I can tell, is I don't think Favre was a big help to Rodgers, mm-hmm. especially early on. There was some real, there was big distance there, and I think Rodgers was more open and welcoming, love to the team once he got over the shock of them picking a quarterback <laughs> yeah. in the first round yeah. uh, in 2020. But I, I do think they that Rodgers was more helpful personally um, than Favre was to Rodgers. 
I still think the greatest value is just observing, mm-hmm. you know, day after day and sitting in the meetings and watching the practice fields and the habits. But there's something to be said for being able to ask a guy, you know, really detailed questions and get a, you know, a good thoughtful answer back. And I do get the sense that Rogers actually did help love out in that way. Yeah, and, and I think it's an it's an interesting dynamic the last few seasons in Green Bay because there was just kind of rumors off and on Aaron Rodgers is, you know, upset at this time and he may be traded and then that would wash away and he'd be back and win a bunch of games. And it was kind of the, the same thing a few times. So this offseason, it showed me that there is at least a little bit of confidence in Jordan Love with the trade of Rodgers and then, they you know, with the way they reworked the contract and all of that stuff with the fifth-year option having to be decided. Um, so there's, there's something there that they feel like they have something to work with and that kind of showed me that but P let's look a little bit at the roster the rest of the roster a little bit defensively some believe the defense could be a large reason the Packers still have a chance to win the NFC North they, they drafted Lucas Van Ness obviously linebacker out of Iowa in the first round um, he never started a game in Iowa but he started he had a large amount of snaps there and the majority of snaps he took for the Hawkeyes um, but there's a lot of good a lot of good guys on that defense so tell us a little bit about where the defense stands and how quickly you see Van, Van Ness making an impact. Yeah, they have. Um, I'd have to go back and count it up, but I think it's eight first-round picks on their defense right now. Wow! Um, so that's a lot, and their defense was a huge disappointment last year. They drafted two defensive players in the first round a year ago: Quay Walker and Devante uh, Wyatt, and they were looking for the defense in the transition because they, you know, with Devante Adams leaving, they were gonna they were starting over at receiver. They were looking for that defense to carry them, especially the first half of the season. They were thinking, and the expectation was that this chance to be a top five defense. I was in Joe Barry's second year as coordinator. They had played better; that they had played pretty well the second half of the previous year, and they were. I think they finished like 17th in points allowed and 15th in defensive passer rating, which. Uh, those are probably, if you're just taking the kind of the basic stats, those are two of the most telling defensive stats. Mm-hmm. They were basically as as average as average could be on defense, and that um, was, was a huge disappointment. And yeah, if they're going to, you know, the division. I mean, let's face it, the division is probably going to be pretty bad this year. You never know how it. You know, sometimes teams are a lot better than anyone would have guessed. But this looks like it's going to be one of the worst couple divisions in the league. So any of these teams. You know, nine and eight might might win the thing. You know, yeah. who knows? Oh yeah. Uh, and if the Packers are going to have any chance at you know being a a five hundred team, they're going to need their defense to be to be really good. And because you just can't you can't assume Love is going to be putting up a lot of points. The big thing for him will be just not to turn the ball over too much and not to lose games. Yeah. So I'll, I'm as curious as anybody to see <laughs> if this defense, you know, is. Uh, are they? Did they just underachieve last year, or have they overrated the talent they have? And they are going to need Lucas Van Ness to play a fair amount. Rashawn Gary's got a torn ACL from last year. Uh, he'll be ready early in the season, probably. Uh, but we all know pass rushing wins games, and so they need Van Ness to be. He doesn't have to be the you know top five rusher right off the bat, but they need him to be a you know a pretty pretty good promising player. Uh, as a rookie if some of those things are going to come through this season on their defense. 
Yeah, and that's what I mean. The Bears pretty much between their the whole defensive front, the linebackers and the defensive line, maybe three of the eight are going to be from last season. They pretty much revamped that whole side. So it's a big mystery to me how that is going to look on our side also. And I do want to get to the division as a whole um, and a little bit too, because like you said, it is, it's a whole lot of question marks right now. It could go any way. You can make an argument for almost any of all four of them winning it um, for different reasons. But offensively for the Packers, obviously a, a good amount does rely on Jordan Love, which we've been there more times than I can count in Chicago of just kind of relying on a guy that you're not told you may have some questions about or you just don't really know yet. Um, but the one thing with Green Bay that you can point to is a, a really solid, if not one of the better run game run run games in the league. Um, but those questions around quarterback obviously maybe shift things a little bit. So a lot of young talent and the receiving core you guys have. You mentioned all of the young on the defensive side, but also that receiving side's pretty young too. How much would you expect Green Bay to lean on the run game this season? I, I can only assume it's going to be really heavily. Uh, Aaron Jones is, you know, he's a really good back. He's a top 10 back. And uh, A.J. Dillon's a good complement, a power guy compared to, you know, Jones, who's all, you know, quickness and uh, and short, short area burst. Um, I would, you know, a good running game makes life so much easier for mm-hmm. a quarterback, especially a young, a new starter like that. So I, I'm assuming they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, you know, and they're going to do more stuff under center. Rodgers didn't like being under center, um, but I think with Love, we'll probably see a lot more of that, more of the jet sweep stuff. Rodgers wasn't crazy about all that motion. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see more of the true kind of the San Francisco 49ers, L.A. Rams uh, version of this of this offense instead of the LaFleur Rodgers version of it. Um, so the run game will be huge. They are really young at receiver. I mean, two two guys who were rookies last year, they're top two guys this year, and uh, Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got young talent. They drafted two tight ends, one in the second round, one in the third round. Um, those guys are going to be playing a lot. There are going to be times where they're going to have, if they have four pass catchers out there, uh, three, you know, there'll be two rookies and two second year guys. Wow. And that's really young. I'm sure at times it's going to look really good because of the talent. And at times it's going to look really bad because guys don't know what they're doing or they're not on the same page. Um, and that's another reason why, yeah, rely on the run game as much as you can to set up the pass, to grind the game, to grind yardage out, to milk clock, all of that stuff will work in the favor of a team breaking in a, a young quarterback. Yeah, and I think obviously there'll be some speed bumps, but it's probably an ideal situation for Jordan Love, and the Green Bay gets to kind of just mold this offense around him, at least for now, if he, if it's the guy they want to move forward with in the future. That's a decision they'll have to make after the season, but with such young guys, they don't have to shift an entire, you know, teach a whole offense to these receivers that have been there five, six, seven years. They can kind of mold things to the strengths of Jordan Love and some of these new guys. Um, and when it comes to the run game, probably good. It was that we saw last season the Bears led the the – league and rushing a lot of that because Justin Fields could run like crazy but it seems like in the NFC North the secondaries are a lot better than the lines up front um, because when you look at uh, what kind of happened through the North in general last season a lot of the teams allowed a whole lot of rushing yards and were able to run for a whole lot so it kind of it looks like it could work be beneficial for almost all of the teams in the NFC North but what is your opinion when you look at that as, as a whole the NFC North as a whole do you think the Vikings Pete have a chance to do what they did last year or do you think that was just kind of an off chance because when you look at the point differential it's kind of crazy at how many games they won and how many of those one score games they were able to win support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent 
You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, and those teams, I, you know, I think the analytics people who study the stuff will tell you teams will become the mean the next year, you know, because they're not because nobody just wins all those close games all the time. But, you know, the Packers were a little bit like that the first year, LaFleur's first year. They got better the second year. So maybe, who knows? Um, you know, the Vikings have, they've got some really good offensive talent, so they'll be able to put up points. You're right. I, you know, a lot of people ask, ah, so, you know, what do you think about the division? I don't know who's going to win this division. <laughs> I mean, I'm just kind of, I'm taking a stab at it just like everybody else. The Lions finished really strong, so there's reasons to think them. Um, you know, I think Goff and Cousins are probably similar caliber quarterbacks. The wild card is the Bears because, you know, Fields, I mean, you said, you know, the, that they led the league in running last year. I mean, that guy is a really impressive runner. The problem is those running quarterbacks, I mean, if Cam Newton can't make it through staying healthy, running the ball, and that guy was, what, 6'5", 250, mm-hmm. you know, it's just those quarterbacks, it's just they end up getting hurt, and that happened to Fields last year even. So it's how well can he throw the ball when teams keep make force him to play from the pocket? That's going to go such a long way in how good the Bears are. But they've got, you know, they added a lot this year, and if he's – if he makes a nice step, then they they easily could win the division. I would give the Packers the least chance to win the division, but I w- the odds of any one of these teams isn't that great, and the odds from the best team to the worst team for winning it, the difference just isn't that much. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, it is. It's interesting because, like I said, I could make a case for any of them almost of saying, hey, this team can win because of this and this. The, they all have the factors also, though, where the same argument you can make for them to win the division, you can also make arguments for each of them of why they could lose the division. Um, so it will be the way this plays out, and I think a lot of it is going to be on all of the quarterbacks because obviously Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff both have statistically really good seasons, but then there's moments where they just don't look so great, and Justin Fields is definitely in a prove-it year, and Jordan loves in a year where he is taking over the reins of a football team for the first time in the NFL, so there's a, a lot of question marks around that. Uh, Pete, if you were to point at just the weapons, the mere weapons in the NFC North, is there a certain team that sticks out to you the most that looks the that can be the scariest? I guess the Vikings because, you know, Justin Jefferson is just off the charts good. He's it's probably him or Chase. Those are probably the two best receivers in the league, I think, aren't they? I don't yeah. know. I, I would guess so. Um, and they've, they've got a lot of talent on offense, assuming they don't end up having to trade Dalvin Cook. He's a great uh, you know, dual threat run catch uh, running back. 
So they have the potential to be the scariest. And Cousins, for all his, uh, you know, his shortcomings, he can get really hot and he can he can beat anybody on any given week. He can have a great game and really go off. So I guess they're still probably the scariest one. Although you know, playing the Bears, anytime you you know a quarterback who can run like that, that just uh, he can he can break your back converting third downs and run and he and Fields makes big not just first downs. I mean, he makes long runs. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, he could be pretty scary too, if, you know, he can add the, the throwing part better, you know, in, in that part of his game. So those are probably the two, the two scariest as far as being able to put up points, I guess. Yeah. I think that with Justin, obviously, like you said, being able to get the ball out is going to be important. Protection was a big thing last season. He was sacked 55 times. So there isn't a whole lot you can do when you're getting hit that much. So hopefully that's something that I know Packers fans aren't hoping that, but Bears fans are hoping that that's something that changed. Uh, If you could pick, Pete, before I let you go, last one, if you could pick for the Packers, the position group that you are most confident in on the Packers, where they sit right now, and the position group you're least confident in on the Packers. Well, I guess the place where they're most just most solid is um, on the offensive line. Actually, they just okay. with Bakhtiari back, and they've got to, they feel like they have his knee figured out. How much to practice him, and still have him healthy on Sunday. Um, they're really solid up front. I'm not saying it's the best line in the league or anything like that, but they're just really sound. And I guess the thing you're most uncertain about, I, I'd say defensive line, even though receiver would be the one I think most would say. Mm. I think they've got a, a lot of young talent in the receiver tight end group. Um, so, I, you know, I, there's a lot to work with there. In the defensive line, they need Devontae Wyatt, who was uh, their first-round pick, their second first-round pick last year. And he was basically a non-factor last season. They needed him to make that big jump in his second year. Um, and that could be the difference between them being a pretty good defense with a solid defensive line and them being an average defense again. Yeah, and obviously the, the defensive side of the ball is very important when you when you are in a division with such different types of quarterbacks too, and especially the up front because we talked about how pretty much all of the NFC North teams do have a pretty decent run game. It's just more questions sometimes around how consistent the quarterbacks can be or how good the quarterbacks can be. So again, it's going to be a really interesting year in the NFC North because I do think, and you mentioned it in the very beginning of the podcast, you could see if somebody's surprises you you wouldn't be completely shocked if there's someone with 11 12 wins at the end of the season but if the winner of the NFC North has eight nine wins I don't think anybody would be shocked either uh, so it'll be really interesting this uh, this season coming up Pete and I really just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me as I just take this look around uh, the North and see some opinions some outside perspectives of what the North could possibly look at so thank you oh thanks thanks for having me yep have a good day Thanks to Pete Dougherty for joining me. As I mentioned in the beginning, he's a Packers columnist for the Green Bay Press-Gazette and USA Today Network Wisconsin. Um, it, it's so hard for me sometimes to talk to Packers people because I just I know that, and he was pretty honest. Obviously, he mentioned Justin Fields and how scary Justin Fields can get. So he has a realistic perspective. But also, I think sometimes we can live in our own little world of optimism and hope. And this, there a lot of this season relies on Justin Fields and this if he's going to take that next step up. I think most of us are confident it's going to happen because they add DJ Moore. Although David Montgomery left, they have they still they added Deonta Foreman, they added Roshan in the draft, and uh, Robert Tunyon in the offseason. All 
of these pieces, and that's not even mentioning the offensive line that is pretty much completely revamped other than center with Cody Whitehair or Lucas Patrick, whichever way they end up going with that. Uh, The defensive line, I think for us, which I've mentioned, still a little bit of question. I do think it's improved from last season, but I don't think it's as strong as we really want it to be, especially in a division where we are facing guys like the Packers running game that they have and with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So it's going to uh, be a whole lot of question marks. And as I mentioned many times in this, and as Pete Doherty mentioned, it could go any way. I could seriously make an argument for any team to make it. I could make an argument for any team not to make it. But it's going to rely on a lot about these quarterbacks. Is Kirk Cousins going to have another season like he did last year? Is Jared Goff going to have a season, start playing like he did towards the end of last season? Is Justin Fields going to take this next up? What the heck is Jordan Love? We don't know. As I mentioned, he's only played 10 games in the NFL, and he's going into his fourth season. So it's, yes, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers and he watched him learn, but that's fine. Like, I can sit behind Aaron Rodgers and I'll probably learn some things. Does that mean I'm going to be able to go out and play quarterback in the NFL? No. And we we see it every year where we these guys get thrown into games and there's glimpses of good. We saw it with Mitchell Trubisky. There was games where Mitchell looked like he could be an NFL quarterback, and we're like, okay, like maybe this guy isn't. Maybe he just needs a little more protection, or maybe he needs another weapon, or maybe he just needs another year in the season. And then when teams really started to figure out the Bears' offense with Mitchell Trubisky, things kind of fell apart. And not only is Jordan Love in – like I said, only 10 games into four years of the season, but there's also a really young roster around him that are also all learning the NFL. But at the same time, you don't know. We do not know at this point. You can't say what Jordan Love will or will be, and you can you just can't. You can go back and watch his 80 passes that he made in the NFL and try to come up with an answering and a reasoning, and I'm sure you have some opinion on it, but we just do not know. There's no way you know from that short of a sample of how good or bad somebody's going to be. I don't think... I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, all right, if he's sufficient and can get them through the season. And honestly, Bears fans kind of should want him to like not look great, but look just good enough to win like six games so they don't get Caleb Williams or one of the good quarterbacks in the top of the draft next season. Um, And as hard as that's going to be is rooting for them because I would love for them to win like one or two games and just get that feeling and shove it in their face. But at the same time, we don't want them next season to get one of those, like I said, Caleb. Um, We don't want to have to deal with that again. We want them to have to try to suffer a little bit um, without the quarterback because they've had enough. Give everybody else an opportunity. But anyways, as I mentioned in the beginning of this, this is my cruise around the North. We're going to take a look at all the NFC North teams. I just talked to Pete, obviously, from the Packers. I'm going to go through and talk to someone from the Vikings and Lions. And we're just going to get a little bit of perspective from the outside, what they see on the Bears, how they feel about the North, how they feel about their teams, because obviously they cover their teams way closer than we do. We follow along as much as possible. We knew we know for the most part how their drafts looked and what they did in the offseason. But there's only so much you know from sitting on the other side of the table. So this next few podcasts, this next few weeks is are going to be that. Uh, and because obviously we're in OTAs right now, and before you know it, I think, what, maybe two months away from training camp started. So next thing you know, we're in camp. And I have some fun stuff to get all of you that listen and follow me on Twitter involved for the podcast after this cruise around the North. And it'll, it should be really fun because we'll get to, I'm going to get a lot more interaction between you guys, ask some fun questions, go through what the roster looks like and get your opinions on some of the things that you guys like and don't like about the bears and expectations of what we can hope. Uh, because last season 
we were just in such a different place. I remember making a list of the five guys I was most excited about, and I think only maybe two of those ended up working out. I, I know I had Cole Komet on my list. I do like – I think Cole Komet's going to take another step this season. And there was some – one other one. Oh, I think Brisker or Kyler Gordon were on my list. I can't remember which one. And, oh, I think Tevin was too. So I might have actually had three that were on my list that I was excited about and was, like, expecting good things from last season, and it ended up happening. So it'll be really fun. We'll get some of that stuff in with you guys. Uh, So stay tuned the next couple months before camp. We'll have some fun. This is going a little bit off stream from normal Making Monsters stuff because it's summertime. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a little more relaxation-type podcast rather than so serious because obviously once the season starts I'll really dive in to these players Uh, so again thanks for listening as always I really appreciate it and I'm Taylor Dahl and this is another episode of Making Monsters